0: Hey, just a quick warning. This episode of Resistance has some strong language in it. We'll get started right after this short break. What's good, y'all? We're back. We've been gone for a pretty long time, but it's so good to be back because one of the last things we did before the break was this live show at the Tribeca Film Festival out here in New York. So basically, Tribeca gave us access to this dope ass rooftop where the vibes was immaculate, the skyline was doing its thing, and something like 75 folks showed up to watch us do our thing. And it was a chance for us to do our first ever live edition of the Fuck Your Water Fountain Hall of Fame. If this is your first time hearing about the Hall of Fame, first off, where you been at? And second, I definitely suggest you go back and check out the first three episodes in that series named F your water fountain, F your bayonet, and F your everything. I love, love, love what we got to do with those episodes. Cause the hall of fame is a chance for us to really pay respect to those lesser known radicals who didn't let threats from the state, agents of the state shit, even their moms, they didn't let none of that hold them back. These are folks who really embodied the word resistance in every single way imaginable. So, at our live show, we invited three talented artists and friends of the show to pull up and do us the honor of laying tribute to three new inductees into our Hall of Fame. There was some grooving, some laughing, and a little crying. I'm not going to lie. We kind of went to church a little bit. But if you've missed us and also hate that you missed the live show, it's all good. Because today, we're bringing it right to your front door. I'm Saeed T. John Thomas, Jr., And this is Resistance, with our first ever live edition of the Fuck Your Water Fountain Hall of Fame. Let's get it. One of the first performers who blessed us with an induction into the Hall of Fame was a friend of the show, Comedian Elsa Eli Waif. Elsa did a whole stand-up set on one of our episodes called Lesser Known Creeps, where Elsa and their homies went around New York uncovering the racist roots of some of the city's most infamous street names. This was Elsa's first time on stage since the pandemic, and like a lot of us, they've been inside for a really long time. So before they got to their induction, they had a lot of stockpile jokes they needed to get off their chest real quick.
1: I I haven't done comedy live in like over a year, you guys. So it's my first time back. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I'm gonna be funny. Uh, Also, y'all haven't seen comedy in a long time, so I don't know if y'all know what funny is. We're both in the same boat. I I don't know if this is gonna be a controversial statement, but I would like to start this off uh, with a good, robust, Fuck the
2: police.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. Cool, we're in the right audience. I do that up top just to engage what audience I'm in, okay. If I, if I get complete silence, then the rest of the 10 minutes is not going to go well. I, uh, yeah, you guys, uh, the police are liars. They're liars, okay, because just off of this one thing, how come black people are always lunging for the gun, but we don't ever get it? don't make no sense to me. Y'all know black people that like 85% more lungy. It stands to reason that we should get this at least one in four times. They're lying. Listen, I was in the subway the other day and walking up the stairs to leave the subway. This guy in front of me, he's adjusting his wallet in his pocket or something and a $20 bill falls out of his pocket. It's floating on the gossamer wind down the stairs and I, uh, I went to, to, to grab it and this black guy, three steps behind me, reaches his leg up, stomps his foot down on the $20 bill. I said, sir, you would get the gun every time. You would get it every time. Now, I know he doesn't know what I'm talking about, but that surely illustrates the point, okay? It does. Yeah, The police are liars. They're they're stupid too. Police are stupid, you guys. I um, I'm just trying to you know like jazz up my look lately. You know we haven't been going anywhere for real, so I've just been like experimenting with stuff. And uh, one day I was wearing a a, a white bandana, right? And uh, I come to a corner and there's some cops there. And he says, hey, hey, you." I'm like, "Oh man." And I walk over to him. He says, uh, "What set is that?" Excuse me? He says, what crew is that? I'm like, wait, wait. Does this cop think that my white bandana means I'm in a gang? Sir, what gang is white bandana? The give up gang? The surrender squad? I, uh, I only know one gang that wears white. I don't think I meet membership requirements, you know? Thank you for laughing. I don't know, the police are stupid and they're fucking up and they know, they know they're fucking up, right? Because uh, about two summers ago in my neighborhood, the police threw a block party, right? And me, I'm down for block parties. I heard it going on and I arrive on the scene, right? And I realize this street is empty save for like 20 or 30 police officers. And then it dawns on me, oh my God, is this a block party the police are having for the neighborhood? Of course no one showed up. How do you, how do you have fun at a party where the cops are already at? Like, what do you do? Like, I, what do you do with your hands? Do I dance? Do I keep my hands out of my pocket? That's too, it's too much stress. It's too much stress, but I, I already fucked up. I was already on the block. You know, I was already there. And uh, one of the cops, she sees me, right? She sees me she's like, hey, hey, come on, hey, hey. I was like, "Uh, absolutely not, bitch. What? Stop waving at me. I just moved in this neighborhood. I don't want to look like the neighborhood snitch on the the third day. I don't care what hot dogs y'all got going on over there. And I'm trying to hustle through this block because I'm like, fuck, wrong place. And uh, then the DJ, Right? I said, let me find the DJ, because that's what drew me over here anyway, the music, right? And so I says, let me find the DJ. You guys, I get to the DJ booth, DJ's a fucking cop! <laughs> in his uniform, like, can you, is, are you allowed to do that? Is that in, is that in the handbook, right? And it's already too late, because he's seen me bopping to the music. <laughs> Right? And so he, like, acknowledges me. He throws me, like, a little thumbs up right here. I throw him a real little one. Real low down here. You know, like, yeah, music, yeah, music's good. And then he's like, come on, come on. I was like, I told the last bitch no. Um, And then, you guys, he throws finger guns. And I was just like, no! Not how we build community trust with finger guns, okay? You can't finger gun. Don't you guys know what you're doing? You can't finger gun. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I I I think I'm really just tired, right? Just tired. Uh, if like a white person would never talk to me again, that'd be okay. You know what I'm saying? That would that would actually be okay. You can laugh at that white people. You can. You can. It's okay. You can laugh at that. I um, I also realize you can live in New York and go weeks without talking to a brown person, right? Uh, white people, that's a choice. That is a choice you are making. Uh, if you went all week and this is the first time you're hearing authentically from a black person, you're doing New York wrong. You're doing New York all the way wrong. Carry your ass back to what? Facts. That's Idaho? I don't know. I don't know where they make white people. I feel like they make white people in Idaho, and then they just distribute them across the country, right? Stop. Something like that. I don't know where they make white people. I feel like it's they make them in Idaho. It's like, it's like an Idaho potato. They just, you, you plop them out of the dirt and you just, you know, you flash freeze them. All right. I'm supposed to be inducting somebody into the... Supposed to... Supposed to be inducting somebody, my folio. I haven't been on stage in a year. I'm just having a good time. You guys, if I just start doing fart jokes. Thank you. All right, now for my dick joke material. No, just
0: (laughs) So at this point, Elsa puts up a photo on the screen behind them. It's of a young black dude with dreadlocks wearing a t-shirt designed like an American flag. I'm sure you've seen this one already. The guy is in the middle of the street about to hurl what looks like a glowing ball of fire straight into the sky. The glowing ball was a tear gas canister that had been shot by police at a group of young protesters. And the guy who picked it up and threw it away was a man named Edward Crawford. This is one of the most iconic photos that came out of the Ferguson protest. And I think a lot of people looked at it and thought it was some seasoned protester jumping into action but this was Edward Crawford's first time doing anything like this.
1: Um, okay, so I just want to like point out the, the beautiful irony of his, uh, of his American flag t-shirt. Like he came dressed and ready for this, okay? Um, also, you guys, the dreads, these locks, all right? Long, flowing, in action, okay? He looks like a, like a, like a black superhero here, right? Uh, I want you to also get into his legs. All right, these legs are a perfect 16 19 degrees apart. This is a perfect yeet stance, okay? And we can we can assume from this perfect yeet stance that this uh this smoke grenade went into fucking orbit, okay? It was a it was a godlike yeet. Okay? It's a it's a once in a lifetime yeet. Um also, you guys, uh I want you to peep his hand here, in his other hand. He's got smoke grenade in this hand, flash grenade here. But peep his other hand, you guys. In his other hand, I I zoom enhance, zoom enhance, zoom enhance, <laughs> CSI style, okay? And we got this photo and I, re- I realized, that's a bag of Funyuns. That's a bag of Let's hot go. Funyuns. Hot, f- I didn't even know they made hot Funyuns. <laughs> Niggas gon' nig, okay? Hot hot fun white people can't laugh at that one. Don't laugh at that one. That wasn't that one wasn't for y'all. Um, but see, okay, funyuns, funyuns are what? They're supposed to be onions, okay? Onions, the funyuns are in a shape of a O. O stands for oppression. Alright. And then when you bite into the funion, you break the chain. Stay woke, stay
0: woke, stay woke, stay woke, stay woke. Keep a third eye open. Third eye.
1: Third right? eye. And so and so this is this is this is him breaking the chains of oppression and also staying uh nutri, nutri-ized. <laughs> nutri- that's a word. Fuck y'all, that's a word. It's a word now. Um, staying neutronized during the during the protests, you know? And what I really like about this is this this photo exemplifies a couple of things for me, right? Knowing the backstory. You don't gotta be nobody special. You don't gotta be in any sort of position to do the right thing. Now, he was not a protester before this, and in his own words, he wasn't really active after this, but one instance of bravery was all it took, and we have this iconic photo, right? Unfortunately, he was allegedly shot in his car. Like a lot, a lot of Ferguson protesters have been suspiciously shot in their car. Uh, So uh, I don't know what to believe, right? Um, But I do know this, I do know this. Eddie Crawford taught me three very important things, okay? Be fearless, be brave, protect the children, Never drop your snacks. Never drop the snacks. All right, and um, and and for that, I would like to induct Eddie Crawford into yes. the Fuck Your Water Fountain Hall of Fame. Let's get it! Thank you so
0: much, Elsa. Let me sit here. Yeah, give it up to Elsa one more time. Another friend of the show came out to induct someone into the Hall of Fame, Ivy Soul. So Ivy is a rapper and singer from Charlotte, North Carolina. And you know that moment at the end of our episodes when you stop listening to me talk and start listening to the music? Well, two of my favorite songs we've used in those credits have been Ivy songs. Ivy came through to induct someone really special to her, a woman named Claudia Jones. Now, if you know Claudia Jones, you're gonna love Ivy's induction, but if you didn't, like me, let me get you hip real quick. Claudia Jones was a lead organizer in the Communist Party of the United States back in the 40s. She was way ahead of her time in thinking about things like workers' rights and the means of production. You know, all those words people casually throw around these days to critique capitalism. She was already on that. And she was also pushing folks to think deeper about gender and race. But back then, you couldn't just go around critiquing capitalism the way we do today and think you were just going to get away with it. In the 1950s, after she wrote a particularly radical piece opposing war, the Feds came through, scooped her up, and accused her of advocating for the violent overthrow of the U.S. government. Wild. But no matter... After spending nine months in jail and getting deported to England, Claudia did what any self-respecting Caribbean-born intellectual would do. She threw a party. Specifically, she started what would become the Notting Hill Carnival. You know the big Trinidadian celebrations with the huge costumes and the people dancing soca marching up and down the streets? She brought that to England and showed them how Black folks get down. But the big thing she was really up to in England was running a newspaper called the West Indian Gazette where she reported stories that got Caribbean folks in the diaspora to really start connecting the dots between the struggles they were facing in England with the struggles their people were facing back home. When Ivy stepped onto the stage a photo of Claudia appeared on the screen a black woman on a rotary phone sitting in front of a typewriter. Next to her as a copy of the paper she helped found. So Ivy decided to do what she does best and induct Claudia Jones with the song.
3: It's been a while, so bear with me.
2: Hey, Mrs. Jones.
3: What's going on? What's going on? Ah. Uh. Abracadabra, what a sinister magic Disappearing the radicals, look at the way they mask it Nine months in a cell for her birthright Mrs. Jones took her L for the good fight It's a cage, it's a grave, it's a one-way flight to the UK Ain't no fly-by-night, she said I'm a nigga, I'm a woman, I'm a worker Money isn't indicative of my worth, yeah Proto-feminist in liminal space Asymptote every limited race and she'd rather be carried by six than judged by 12 They're Really giving her hell Tell me who you are. Tell me what you believe. Tell me that my existence is the proof we're gonna be free. And they're gonna tell a lie. And if we don't agree, we're gonna go poof from the river to the sea.
2: Poof. Hey, Mrs. Jones, what's going on? What's going on? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hey, Mrs. Jones, what's going on? What's going on?
3: Y'all can move, I promise, I swear.
2: Hey, Mrs. Jones, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, Mrs. Jones, what's going on?
3: What's going on? Hey, Mrs. Jones. They diminish your work to typing, but typing is just the physical. Writing is more than motion, and every word is a miracle, like a poetry give me shape. It's the courage that we create, and Claudia said it plain. Claudia dreamed the weed. A Trinity gal, them talk heavy. Give me a Don't exist or <laughs> my bad, y'all. <laughs> it's son. No, they set weed. No, they war when diaspora is family. No nation, one people. That's black. Hey. No surrender, no retreat, and that's, that's that. Thing. Hey, Mrs. Jones,
2: what's going on? What's going on? Hey Mrs. Jones, what's going on? What's going on? Hey Mrs. Jones, what's going on? Right, what's going on? <laughs> Let's go, harmony. Let's go. Hey Mrs. Jones, what's going on? Let's yeah, yeah. Go.
3: Yo, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, this is my first. Ah, oh, this is my first let's performance go. in a minute. Yo, <laughs> fucking killed it. Hey, hey, keep that going.
0: Keep that. Light. Hey, let's go. Hey, Mrs. Jones, what's going on? Let's go. What's going on? Hey, 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 Mrs. Jones. Thank you so, so, so much, y'all. Thank you, Ivy. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ivy. After the break, I'm going to get y'all hip to a really good friend of mine named Dominique Christina. Dominique is one of the coldest poets I know, and if you've never heard her spit before, just know, You're probably gonna be sitting down when she starts, by the time she finishes. You'll be out of your seat. We'll be right back. I'm about to bring up our last performer. Um, Some people call her the author of four books a five-time National Poetry Slam champion, actor and writer in HBO's high-maintenance. I call her at odd hours asking for relationship advice, (laughs) uh, asking for somebody to just listen to me. Um, I call her mama, I call her auntie, I call her sister, I call her boo, all of that. But y'all can call her. Dominique, Christina, everybody, please help me welcome Dominique, Christina to the stage. Oh, man. All right, so <laughs> do not embarrass me in front of these people. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> We actually have to like. Right, I know shit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um. So, all right. So, can you tell? Can you tell us who you're inducting today?
4: Uh, a sister by the name of Pamela Eccles. In 1967, she did that at a race riot uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah.
0: Behind me and Dominique right now is a photo of a woman named Pamela Eccles. And Pamela is decking a cop straight in the face with a mean right hook. And somehow she's still holding on to a purse with her left. And the look on her face says everything you need to know about her. She was over it. Yeah, yeah.
4: It's dope, right? How many of you have seen that photo? Yeah, a good number of people.
0: This is one of those photos you see and you immediately gravitate towards it and you fuck sure. with it, you love it, but you know nothing about who the person is.
4: No, I didn't. When um, I chose her, I didn't.
0: Yeah. T- t- talk to me about that process of like not knowing who she was, finding out who she is, and then writing, writing this poem that you're going to spit for us.
4: Yeah, uh, so I learned something about myself uh, and my process because... I- I realized like so much about my witchcraft or like my magic making is in naming things. And I didn't have her name when I wrote the poem. Um, They got an archivist to find her name and the poem was already written before I knew her name was Pamela Eccles. But she is familiar to me She's also extraordinary in like her risk-taking behavior. You don't even have to know backstory. This photo tells you she took chances, like incalculable chances, right? So for me, it was about the acknowledgement that black women in particular have always been so extraordinary, Mm, so supernatural. um, Whether we have been named or not, um, that's why I was drawn to her. Mm. And and again, because the, his uniform suggests that he's a police chief, so something catalyzed this sister to jump off the curb and do this, knowing that she might not make it home. You know, I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by the ancestors whose names we don't know, whose miracles that they performed and we weren't aware of them, but we're still the beneficiaries of yes. those miracles. Yes, I'm, yes, yes. I'm fascinated by that.
0: Facts. So writing something for a woman you've never met before who inspired you in some way, who you wanted to give agency to, this is something that you've done before Mm -hmm. Um, in your book, Anarcha Speaks. And Anarcha is the woman who is one of the enslaved women who was operated on by the guy who's considered the modern, who's considered the godfather of of modern-day gynecology. gynecology, Exactly. Um, I'm wondering, like, what is the difference between writing that book for Anarcha and writing this poem for, for Pamela? Like, what... Yeah, what did, you, what did you discover in this process Of, of giving her Creating a story for Pamela
4: um, I, So this is my specific Philosophical orientation So I'm not trying to preach or Proselytize or suggest that this Applies to everyone um, But I do operate From a fair amount of ancestral logic Which is to say uh, I'm willing to be Available To whoever needs to say something Right? To or through me. Um, and for her, she preceded me, and there was all this life happening before I even entered the chat, right? Before I even was on the planet. And yet she is my familiar, in the same way that Anarka is my familiar, though she lived and died before I was ever even a concept. Mm. And so it's, for me, it's about we still have the opportunity to family folks whose names we may not know whose backstory we may not know, we still have the opportunity to family these folks, to bring them into the chat, to bring them into the space, to bring them into our consciousness, to center them and say, you deserve. Facts. Yeah. So So it matters. It's all good medicine. Anarcha was the subject of experimentation. To talk about her, you had to talk about J. Marion Sims, the white man who experimented on her in order to be known for gyneco- gynecological work. Pamela Eccles had this moment. And then as far as history is concerned or archives are concerned, she went on being a black woman living her black ass life. We don't know what happened after this, but this moment was seismic mm. and it needed to be named and it needed language to be curated for it. So I was really happy to be able to do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm. <laughs> yes. Um, um. Yes. Yes. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm. I'm like. Amen. amen right. Ache. <laughs> right. amen. 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 All the I things. Shame, amen. Amen.
2: Um.
0: Yeah. I'm like. I'm one. I'm so excited to hear the piece. Um. Out loud because I've read the piece. Um. And I'm excited for folks here to hear it as well. Um, but like, I, I guess I'm wondering, like, what do you what do you hope that people here take away from Pamela's story, from the photo and Pamela's story that you've created, the language that you've created, curated for her? Like, once this is all over, what is the thing that you hope that people will will leave with?
4: Okay, so I um, I think that you should know that there was a critical juncture in this woman's life at that riot in Wisconsin in 1967 in which she was willing to get her chin out over her feet and risk her life to mean something. I want you to know that you borrow bone and blood from somebody who did the exact same thing at one point or another, or you would not be here. Facts. Um, I want her to matter to you, even if she's new to you. I want her to matter to you. I want you to family her in whatever way feels appropriate. I want you to say her name, if that feels appropriate. I want you to remember that ordinary people do extraordinary things all the time, and you don't need TMZ to tell you that. Mm. (laughs) Ordinary people do extraordinary things all the time. You've probably performed several miracles this morning just to get here. That's what I want you to know. That's all I want you to know.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> um. I think it's time. Is it time, y'all? Is it time to hear? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go ahead.
4: One more time for the acts before this.
0: Yes. Please give it up.
4: And for the inductees. One more time for the DJ. Hey. Yes,
0: Ethan. Please, hey, please hug up my man's Ethan.
4: One time for the host.
0: Thank you, thank you. I love
4: him. Okay. <laughs> Literally. Alright, so this poem is from Miss Pamela Eccles. It's the long, hot summer of 67 and somebody took a picture of you punching a police officer. We gotta talk about it. Before I learned your name, you looked like a Gladys or a Henrietta to me, one of them Negro names that got a story attached to it or an ancestor. Maybe you had a seamstress job or worked nights in a bakery so you could go to community college during the day. Maybe you wanted to be a nurse, and maybe you still lived with your mama. Maybe she made banana pudding every year around Christmas time, and maybe you helped her with it. Maybe you had two brothers, one named Harold, the other called Al, standing by the window waiting for you to come home. And when you didn't, maybe your mama grabbed her purse and sent the boys to a lady called Mama Ann who lived next door. Maybe your daddy left work early to look for you. Your mama probably told him she heard there was trouble. And since you weren't home, maybe you were mixed up in that trouble. I'm saying, I see you. Getting off the bus, headed to the movies when a brother runs up with a wild in his eye that won't be talked down by anything, tells you cops beat a boy over on 3rd and Walnut, and since black folk were already dying, and always dying, without any businesses closing early or shops boarding their windows or traffic delayed because of it, maybe Milwaukee needed a revolution. Hell, Harlem and Philly had one in 1964, L.A. in 65, Cleveland and Chicago in 66, and in the summer of 1964 in Milwaukee on July 30th, you wore a white sweater and took the time to curl your hair. To go to a picture show with a man you met at church the week before. You calculated it would take you an hour to get ready, 10 minutes to walk to the bus stop, 28 minutes on the bus, seven minutes to the theater. That left you with 20 minutes to spare. But a brother you'd never met before hooked his arm in yours and told you your purpose was waiting for you on 3rd Avenue. You wore a black skirt with patent leather shoes and a white sweater. You had been careful, do you hear me, careful to make sure it stayed white. But there you were, walking down the street, headed toward 3rd, headed toward a crime scene knowing you would get dirty. Hold up, you see that vulture circling overhead, imitating winter? There's always a vulture in a poem like this one, looking for the bodies. When they find them, they feast. Never mind that. A girl with a red dress runs by with a baby on her hip and rollers in her hair, headed toward Third and Walnut, same as you. By the time you get there, you're going to be red, too. Too red to be a girl or a daughter, or a nurse. You swallowed your tongue and a razor blade grew in its place. You got one mind now, one heart, a blood corsage stitched in your chest. Nonviolence is a stillbirth, a baby you don't know how to hold. Cut to three boys throwing rocks, fires being set, windows smashed, cut to looting, fighting, whole lot of folks screaming, shots heard on Center Street. What do you do first? Do you join the ones singing about eyes on the prize or the ones running into stores and coming out with lamps and cigarettes? Cigarettes, quilts, and cowboy boots they'd never wear. A sharp thud happens behind you. Two officers pull the boy to the ground. He's foaming at the mouth and kicking. An officer with blonde hair sits on his legs. The redhead one puts a knee in his neck. Black is going blue. You didn't know it then, but the same thing would happen 53 years later to a man in Minnesota. And fires would be set in his name. I think they might have called you Henrietta. Something sturdy like that. I think midnight was coming on. Resuscitated by the crack of the whip, my bad. The thump of the billy club. Don't have the same ring to it, but I'll keep it current. I think you stood on the block and meant it. Got your chin out over your feet, leaned into your rage, and found it to be a holy place. You know, the temple with gamblers beaten inside. The bloody knuckle worship service. Here come the vultures again. Circling like they do. I don't know. What tipped you over? Don't know what kind of rumble you had inside you, but you found it. Incubating behind your ribs, your ribs, a rotting harp, a rollick and sizzle behind the eyes. War, the Shango gene, colossal woman with a bone to pick. Two ripe fists be how you worship, plucked from your outrage, I can see you taking it all in. The boy on the ground with his skull busted open, cops standing on his neck watching him go blue, a girl your age with a broken jaw, it's dangling on her neck like a wind chime. Black folks screaming, cops snatching collars, the billy club bludgeoning. You can't find the girl with the red dress and rollers, you wonder if her baby's okay. The brother you came with is in the back of a patrol car, his left eye swollen shut, war. You hear a child cry, but you can't figure where the sound is coming from. All white stores are on fire, black soot falling on your face. The world got so much hurt in it. It's spilling out right here on 3rd and Walnut. You got one heart. Two fists. No point signifying. You ain't come all this way to be tragic. Not on your winter white sweater on a date night you (laughs) did. No, sir. You're going to work out your destiny right here on this corner. Mm -hmm. A pilgrimage to the lion's mouth. Police chief coming up mean and quick. Everywhere you look, a cracked bone. Got to move. Got to mean it. Your mama's favorite scripture sounding off in your ears. If God is for us, who can be against us? Facts. Now you Medusa. An old curse. a back with bigger hands, you gon' use them. Come off that curb with your people on your back. You know what it means. Chief got a feeling you gon' be a problem. Got his club already raised. He doesn't know who you are. The version in his head is fiction. Bed winch, wet nurse, mammy. He doesn't know you detonated every story. That language, you small, he thinks you're conquered. He finna fuck around and find out black women been impossible. Been crooned a midnight curse, been a blood ritual. What mattered in the end is the distance between your fist and your fear. You cursed the curse, sis. Got behind it and put it under your feet. In my world, and it's my poem, so it's my world. You made it out that night. In my world, you win. You buried your fist in the police chief's face and I'm writing this so I bring you a chariot trembling up from the earth, cracking the pavement to lift you out and away that night. In my world, there are black people in the future. In my world, we forget how to die. In my world, you borrow from the lineage of Lazarus, brave sister, archival conqueror. You the biggest pronoun and so I write you alive, whole, and intact someplace grandbabies who drop applesauce on the floor and have your smile. Maybe you got a Newport tack behind your ear. A gin and tonic in your hand. Feet up in the living room listening to Marvin Gaye. I come up hard, baby. But now I'm cool. Right. Ferocious sister, as it turns out they call you Pamela. A Greek name that means all sweetness. The irony. I know you by how you throw your right hand. I know you by your knuckles. Pamela means all sweetness. Sweetness unless, sweetness until, Sweet sister, you looked like a Henrietta or a Gladys to me. But Miss Pamela, mostly you look like possible to me. You look like love to me. You look like the future to me. You look like every poem I want to write. Let's you, go. Every day I survived childhood. Every time I said no and meant it. Yes. Miss Pamela, you look like every traffic stop I made it out of. Every CVS burning. You look like who I'm trying to be. You look like who We've always been Miss Pamela. You look like home to me. You look like home to me. You look like home.
0: Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, please, please, louder. Louder. Can we bring up the rest of our performance from today? Elsa, Ivy, can y'all please come up? Don't stop clapping. Yo, ain't they amazing? Aren't they
2: awesome?
0: Thank you guys so much for coming out and doing this today, for your inductees, Claudia Jones, Ed Crawford, Pamela Ickos. They are now forever and always will be part of our Fuck Your your Water Fountain Hall of Fame. Give it up for them! Is produced by Salifu Sisay Mack, Bethel Hopte, and Aaron Randall, and hosted by me, Saeed T. John Thomas Jr. Our supervising producer is Sarah McVee, edited by Lynn Levy, Brendan Klinkenberg, and Lydia Paul Green, mixing, scoring, and magic by Haley Shaw. Also, huge shout out to Katherine Anderson for bringing all her incredible talent and vibes to the show this past year. Thank you so much, Catherine. We are so grateful for everything you've done for us and best of luck with everything you're gonna accomplish in the future. Additional scoring and theme by Bobby Lord. Our music supervisor is Liz Fulton. Original compositions by Drea, the Vibe Dealer, and Taji Mack. Fact-checking is by Rosemarie Ho. Our show art is by Darian Burks of the Stuyvesants. Credits music What you're listening to right now is Hey, Mrs. Jones by I.V. Soul. This song isn't even out right now, so thank you, I.V., for blessing us. And special thanks to the folks at the Tribeca Film Festival for having us. And also, huge shout out to Kamu Elolia. Daniela, Araya, and everyone else who helped us pull off our first ever live show. We're going to do more of those, so make sure you catch the next one. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend about it. And you can find me on Twitter at SaeedTTJ. You can follow us on IG at Resistance Podcast. Resistance is a Spotify original podcast and Gimlet production. All right. See y'all in two weeks. We back
3: running over no treating that's dead.
2: That. Hey, Mrs. Jones, what's going on? What's going on? Hey, Mrs. Jones.
1: particularly Jamaicans, getting the worst
4: end of the stick. I myself uh, have been under the weather, and I'm sure that uh, illness on both sides is due to the fact that there are too few people to do so much work. Hey Sincerely, as zapper. What do you do?